Hold on to your hats. The countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join us on August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one, but two days of Powerhouse Wellness, featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well & You. Be someone that makes you happy. streaming wellness into your lives you're listening to a quirky journey the healthy family podcast with your hosts joe witten and leah follett welcome to a quirky journey join us as we share our family's journeys to good health You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Witten, author of the blog and book Quirky Cooking, and today I'd like to introduce you to Katrina Kehoe, the brains behind Kehoe's Kitchen. Hi, Katrina. Hi, Jo. Thanks for having me. That's okay. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. Back when we first started GAPS, Katrina sent us a box full of these delicious fermented veggies and sauerkrauts and sauerkraut juice and kombucha and kefir and it was, I think it was kombucha, I can't remember, but um, it was really, really helpful because, you know, when you first start into this, it can be quite overwhelming and I had not made kombucha and kefir and sauerkraut and all of that for a long time because I'd gotten very busy and just for years I hadn't made it and so you kind of have to have it made ahead before you start and I just jumped in and started (laughs) so it was really really nice to be able to just have it there ready to go Um, so I really appreciated that Um, and I think a lot of people find life gets quite busy and they forget to make them or they don't know how or they can't be bothered or they just don't have the time. And it's so good to have a trustworthy source to get them from because, as we all know, the ones at the grocery store aren't quite the same. Yeah. Yeah. So um, if you want to just tell us your story first and then I've got lots of questions for you. <laughs> so sure. how, how long – you guys are on GAPS, right? Yes. Well, we're now on a combination of GAPS and Paleo. And okay. Really, the – Paleo really has become gaps because everybody on a paleo diet now knows about broths and about ants yeah. and everything. So there's not it's much. Very similar. So we're still on gaps, but we have things like tapioca um, yeah. that's allowed on paleo and not on gaps because yeah. you know, it's been years for us and we can now. And gaps is gaps is only a temporary healing yes. diet. You're not supposed to stay on it forever. You're supposed to move on. Yeah. So, so how long ago did you start gaps? Um, it's about. Four years ago now, I okay. started my healing journey. Um, yep. I was basically after my second child, my I sort of hit rock bottom with my health. Mm-hmm. And I spent um, months going to um, GPs and specialists, doing all sorts of tests. Like um, I had um, pathology tests, MRIs, x-rays, a heart ultrasound, lung testing. Wow. I just kept getting normal results. There's nothing wrong with you. And so what uh, was your symptoms? Symptoms was um, I had fainting, I had low 
blood pressure, I had vertigo, I had fluid retention, constant rhinitis, um, and I had um, RBS, and I had, um, it turns out that I had Hashimoto, so I had diarrhea type symptoms as well. So a friend recommended that I see a biomed doctor, and I, I saw him. And he pretty much diagnosed me on, on the spot based on all those symptoms, wow. which I understand now how he could. Yeah, um, they see it so much, and, I suppose. Yeah, and he um, he backed it up with tests and, and confirmed it. And we started doing medications for some of the issues and, and supplementation and a paleo diet. And the results were just amazing for me. Like I lost, I just felt better instantly. The rhinitis wow. cleared up within, you know, 24 to 36 hours or a nice. Wow. Um, you know, I was a person that had tissues in my pocket my whole life. Same I here. <laughs> I don't carry them anywhere anymore, so you know that's daring yeah. and weight. Uh, I didn't know that then. Yeah. Um, but the fluid retention um, just gone. Like in seven weeks, I lost seven kilos. Wow. It wasn't fat. Like I was the same weight I was in high school, but it, yeah. was, just, it was just weight that didn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was feeling so good on it that it um, – and my eyes were opened to holistic healing, and I and I just thought my kids have got symptoms too. So I took them along and got them looked at, and and um, we were all on paleo, and we all had um, supplementation and treatment, um, but you know things like parasites and that that everybody has before they yeah they this sort of stuff. So the kids' eczema and night waking and growing pains and wow. issues and everything just improved way. Yeah. Um, so after about six months of doing that, I just I just sort of felt like there was something more to it because we were just we were all really good, but we couldn't go out and eat what everyone else eat. Mm. And still, there was just something different about us. I'm like, well, this can't be the the this not cure. We're avoiding things to prevent symptoms. We're not curing ourselves. Yeah. So I kept researching and I discovered gaps. Okay. Reading gaps, the penny dropped. I stayed up. I heard about gaps at a seminar one night. And I um, came home and I just stayed up and read the Gaps Gaps Me website. And the next day, the next morning, I took I was a stay at home mum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Morning, I took the kids to the local organic butcher and bought some beef marrow bones and made my, my first broth. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, my husband was away for business that day, so he, <laughs> I didn't have to explain what I was doing. I just did it. Yeah. And so we had a creamy broth. Um, biscuit for dinner, which had nothing in it. It was just gelatinous broth that was like a cream and mushroom soup. Yeah. And so I just try it and see what they to do. And they both drank it. And, you know, it was uh, for somebody who hadn't done paleo or whatever, it was pretty full on. Yeah. <laughs> if we can do that, we can do anything. So we started naps the next day pretty much. And my husband um, was fine with it because it was just basically paleo adding in broths and yeah. ants and, and we were already on paleo. Okay. So, um, so we did that for a while and then after – a few more months, we did an intro, and um, I started a I started a Facebook page called QS Kitchen just to share um, the photos and, and mm-hmm. recipes for what I was doing because there wasn't much information out no, there. I can imagine there wouldn't have been. Yeah, and there was no there was no paleo cafes. There was no way you could go to eat. No. Much for the first year of us being on this diet, I did not eat out at yep. all. Yeah. Every- Everything was prepared, so um, so I was sharing photos of what I was making for my kids and that. And, I, and the reason I did it on the Facebook page was people were sharing it on my personal Facebook page at first, and people just just thought I was crazy. Yeah, I bet they did. <laughs> but I thought I was being so creative, and I really enjoyed it. I did. I wanted to keep sharing it, but to people who wanted to see it. Yeah. So I created my own page, and I joined 
um, like Facebook groups like Gaps Group and mm -hmm. etc. And um, and let, let those people know. And the results, um, the number of likes I got in the first 20, 48 hours was amazing. Yeah. And, um, and people have been following me ever since. And so... Yeah. And so, because so many people just get really stuck because they don't have that creative cooking background, or they just don't know how to make things up. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah so we started um, after about two months of doing the Facebook um, page. We started intro. Mm -hmm. So basically, my whole intro. I've got a Facebook album called Gaps Intro. Oh, that's good. You're very organised, unlike me. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much a food diary of everything I was making. Oh, that's so good. So that's, I always refer people to look at that for inspiration, that intro is not so scary and not so boring. Oh, that's great. Um, and so we did, we did that and um, we, I ended up also selling products on um, on the website, on the Facebook page because people wanted to know where I bought all my equipment from. Mm -hmm. And then we ended up importing fermentation crocs yep. uh, because you just couldn't buy them anywhere. They were so expensive. So yeah. I looked into it and we brought them in and I was selling them at the local um, organic market, uh -huh. um, and so the um, the guy that runs the market sort of persuaded me to start making my own sauerkraut. Okay. And I just thought, well, I'm a Gaps mum. We don't just make sauerkraut. So my my market store just turned into a Gaps store. So oh, all that's so cool. Gaps families were so supportive of us and so grateful. Yeah. That they could come to the market and buy everything. So, so what kind of things did you have for sale? Pate, bone broths, um, I had little green jellies, which were made of green juice with jelly, like in a cup. Yeah. I had ice blocks, which are all paleo ice blocks with raw homemade chocolate on them. Fudge. Oh. I used to make, I even made Rocky Road for the markets. Yeah. Uh, all the sauerkrauts, of course, and yogurts in dairy or vegan varieties. Um, kefirs, um, just you know, you know, you name it. If you ate it, and you're on a gaps or paleo diet, we made it. We even made um, like crackers and dehydrated crisps yeah. um, for people to take for school lunch boxes and that sort of thing as well. So, and how how old were your kids at this time? Uh, when we first started the market store, um, we had one at 18 months, and then one was um, almost five. Oh my so, goodness, you're amazing! <laughs> How did you do that? It was because of my husband. So um, when we started the market stall, my husband took time off work, so uh, he took leave without pay, so I could write a cookbook. And then Aww. when he, when we just started that leave, was when the market stall manager said to me to start making our own sauerkraut. So I took my husband to lunch on the first day of his leave, <laughs> and I put the proposal to him that we convert. The lower story of our house into a commercial kitchen. Oh wow! We did, and four four weeks later, it was done, and we were we started producing food. Um, You're amazing! Wow, that is just so great. cool. So he has been the most supportive person, and now he's a um, a director and partner in Kia's Kitchen. Oh, that's so good. He works full time in the kitchen with me as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we just started selling the food at the market, and then the, the demand grew, and shops re requesting the products. So we started wholesaling it. Yep. Um, and now we wholesale it nationally in all the health food stores. The ranch isn't, isn't everything that we used to sell at the market because yeah. when you make a large scale, you can't make everything. Yeah, of course not. With. Yeah, so we cut it down to the essential products mm -hmm. that we think are really important for the gaps and people to start on. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's growing from there. So, wow. Um, yeah, so so how, been, many, how many years has it been going then, the actual um, through selling through shops? 
We've only been, we started wholesaling in October last year and that, okay. was, when we got, that was when we got our organic certification. We're Australia's <laughs> first certified organic raw sauerkrauts. Wow. Probably even pasteurized sauerkrauts. I don't, I don't believe there are any other producers of pasteurized sauerkraut in Australia. Wow. A couple of other companies have gotten certification um, after us, but we were mm -hmm. the first to do it. And considering that we only started manufacturing um, nine months before that. Yep. Um, That's amazing. Sell at the market. And then once we decided to wholesale to the shops, we made it a priority to set, to set the standard. Yes. Because if we're going to, I mean, we, we were always buying certified organic products. And if you're going to do that, then you should put it on your label. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> You know, you can't just trust people because um, there's a lot of things that go on behind closed doors, you know. Yeah. The certification program is there for a reason. Yeah. And we support that. So it's um, and it's been great for us working with um, certified organic wholesalers. Mm -hmm. And for me as well, like the whole the whole um, healing journey for us, like before we were before I was diagnosed in those eight months when I was going to different doctors, I never even Ever thought to um, organic food and what what pesticides and preservatives could be doing? Mm -hmm. um, and it's just been such an educational experience um, for me, and it's been it's been great to be able to help family and friends and um, personal family and friends and people that I've met along the way. It's been really great to help families, and yeah. that's that's a lot of the feedback that we get that yeah. we're getting at the market. And we still get online on the phone now is that um, families that wouldn't have been able to, to do GAPS or a um, healing diet that they're doing. They couldn't have, you know, spent that much time making the food that they buy from us. So that yeah, it wasn't exactly. Any so it's, it's really, it's hard work, but it's really, really rewarding. Rewarding, yeah. yeah. And, and do you, um, so you mostly source your stuff, obviously, in Australia. Yeah. And do you find it difficult with organic products because obviously with organic vegetables sometimes it's hard to find certain things at certain seasons does it are your products seasonal or how do you work that yes it's a very season right now we've stopped um, doing the markets because mm -hmm. it is cabbage season okay so between may and november we are making as much sauerkraut as we can yep and storing it to get us through summer okay so we're lucky that we have australia's best um certified organic or biodynamic even um cabbage grower Oh, good. On our footsteps. Um, so it gets to us really fast and fresh. And we're, oh, we're making the most of having that product available now. So we've got cold, cold stores full of our products. Yep. And hopefully we can make enough to keep us going through through summer. So, yes, it is very seasonal. That's um, exciting. So in, in summer we do need to do a maintenance amount of production. Mm -hmm. And we get that from um, Tassie or Victoria or the, or the southern states where they still grow it. Yeah. But it's still not as good as, as the winter crops. Yeah. And so you find that throughout the year batches will taste a little bit different? I mean, I've heard that with okay. sauerkraut anyway, with anybody's. Yep, definitely. Yep. So that's that's why we make the most that we can now. Yeah. So it's going to be a better product. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even, even using the same... Um, oh, I suppose it's always going to be different with different times of year and soil and rainfall and everything, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Just the weather, like um, the vegetables are juicier and the, the cabbages are denser and juicier and sweeter, mm. and have a higher sugar content for the oh, okay. in in winter. Yeah, even um, the root vegetables that you add into it, everything's everything's better in winter. Yes. Yeah, and. Okay. Um, 
we have interesting. Yeah, and then we have when you choose your range, especially when you're going to send it out to a lot of stores, you've really got to think about that. So yeah. um, we have a pesto cream cheese available now, which is like our yeah. cheese, and we add fresh basil through it, which is um, which is not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> It's, we can't always make it. We can get to make it like every second week, really. Yeah. Um, but it's just so yummy. Oh, it sounds amazing. Yeah. I tasted your cashew cream cheese, is it? Um, yeah. That's the dip? Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Thanks. And I actually stirred some of it through. I had leftover um, – uh, I had some vegetables cooked in broth with a bit of pork mince and um, – there was a bit left over and I warmed it up for my breakfast and I thought, I'm going to stir some of that cashew cream cheese through it and it was just like this beautiful creamy sauce. It was so delicious. Yeah, yeah, it's really Lovely. good. Yeah, we add, it, we add it to a lot of things. Oh, um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So what are some of your – can you just go through a few of the things that you sell for people that are listening? Um, what's some of your favourites? My favourite is the kimchi. Oh, that was really good. I love the kimchi. Yeah, it makes it makes anything really quick and simple exciting. Yeah. I have it on Scrambled my... Scrambled eggs. <laughs> I have it on just a stir-fry, meat yeah. and veg stir-fried in some butter. Mm-hmm. I just don't even have to bother with garlic. I just slap the kimchi on top of it. And you've That's got a good it. idea. It's just meal really quickly. Very quick, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then my second favourite kraut is the fennel, fennel and garlic. So Is that with the... The regular so, green cabbage? No, that's our only one that we do with the red cabbage. Okay. The, red, the red cabbage, I'm not sure if any other other big producers use a red cabbage. That's the oh. only, only one we use it for. The red cabbages are much smaller. That was a beautiful um, one. I remember that one. Yeah, it's, it's a really beautiful cabbage. And um, the reason I made that one is because a friend was diagnosed with chronic mould. Yeah. And um, the red cabbage is just the champion of all vegetables to kill the microtoxins. Oh, and really? Your body of mold, yeah. So when um when I was reading about his issues, I just and I read about the red cabbage. I thought that's it. I've got to make a, a red sauerkraut to mm-hmm. help. And, and everyone else, because there's so much with the all the rain we've had lately. There's so much mold everywhere. Yes. Um. So, Up here where we live, it's mold. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so eat us whenever you see a red cabbage, grab it. Okay. And so, so is it like things like candida? Does it help with that? Yeah. Yeah. So um. So it's um, that one's just got um, the red cabbage and apple and garlic and fennel seeds, and it's really delicious. Mm, um, and that one goes really well with the cashew cheese. On ah, okay. On a piece of lamb. It's oh, good. yum. You're making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So they're my two favorite sauerkrauts. We also do a plain sauerkraut, beetroot sauerkraut, mm-hmm. kale, carrot, and a um, and then we do some cabbage-free ferments for people who can't tolerate it. So okay. we have a um we call it spiced carrots uh-huh. carrots and some um cumin seeds and turmeric yep um and that's really lovely um, so that, that sort of makes anything sort of taste a little bit indian like a sort of a chutney sort of a thing oh yeah. yeah so some people can't handle cabbage yes haven't yeah yeah it's a cabbage is a high format so oh, of course and, and also if you have um hashimoto's they say it's a limit limit your cabbage because it's cruciferous vegetables so oh they can't have much cruciferous yeah that word yeah cruciferous vegetables on Hashimoto's I didn't know that either but I I have early stages of Hashimoto's and I'm fine with it okay Uh, you say that cabbage sauerkraut is okay to have but don't have a whole lot of coleslaws because it's being fermented and it makes it breaking down better and it's more beneficial because if you've got Hashimoto's you've got autoimmune 
Yeah. So you need the you need your biome restored, and that's going to help the issue anyway. Whereas okay. coleslaw is not doing anything; it's not no. a functional food to help your Hashimoto's. So it's kind of difficult to digest for a lot of people, probably. Yeah. Yeah, but some people just can't tolerate because of the FODMAPs because mm. of the things that it causes them. So the, the carrot ferment is great for those people. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, and we also have a, a mustard pickles ferment. So it's based on cauliflowers. Yeah. Um, and that's just my paleo healthy version of um, mustard pickles to put on your ham or your corned beef or your pork chop. Oh, lovely. Yeah, and that one's that one's really different too. So you won't – I haven't seen anything like, like that one around. Um, no. It's for Christmas ham as well. Okay. Um, and then so that's it for the vegetables and then we have um the cashew cheese that you mentioned and the tasty cheese or the pesto flavor ah. and then we have some coconut yogurts which yep. are made, uh, made from coconut meat and coconut water okay and there's one that has berries in it as well for flavor and then just one plain one so there's no creams or gums or starches in those oh, that's great so there are paleo paleo and um, gaps mm. yeah and gaps and then we also have a vanilla cashew yogurt as well Yum. So that's all that we have whole, um, that we're wholesaling. We have paleo bars that we wholesale as well. Okay. And they're a they're a activated bar, um, and they're all raw. We dry dry our own bananas to make them. So the oh, banana yeah. is, the, is the largest ingredient in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're made of banana and coconut and berries and seeds and some nuts. Oh, no dates. No dates and cinnamon. So, yeah, bananas bananas and berries are the sweeteners. Okay, that's good to know because I do get people sometimes asking me um, what can I use instead of dates and, and is there any bliss balls without dates and that sounds yeah. interesting using dried yeah. bananas. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we try to avoid um, dates a bit in our food because of the very high chemical food. So Okay. Yeah, so I, I sort of think about that as well because we've looked at in, in our – Healing diets, we've looked at the FALSAF diets, the yeah. diets and the FODMAP diets and all that sort of thing as well. So I try to keep that in mind when I'm deciding. That's really good, yeah. Apes or coconut sugar or rapajura or, mm-hmm. you know, so. So you don't sell your kefir and kombucha? Not um, not yet. Okay. We're working them at the market. So um, we're just looking at expanding our wholesale range. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Probably towards the end of the year, as the cabbage season slows down, we'll be yeah, looking you can worry about that. <laughs> now, um, just because we've got a fair bit on, and we're, and we're growing at a huge rate, right? So it's um, yeah. yeah. Do you find with um, when when can I just ask you when did you add in kefir and kombucha into your diet once you started gaps? When I started full gaps, so that was six months after being on paleo. Yeah, we started. Um, all those things mm-hmm. um, and we basically did full gaps for it must have been about four months before we did um, intro yeah. and I, I spoke to you via email before you started um, doing yeah. gaps and I sort of I warned you about that because a lot of people would come to me at the market and I would tell people this all the time that don't just you want to go straight into intro because you want to heal your family yeah and you want to do you just think it's going to be hard but I can do it but it's just it's just such a challenge no. to go go from doing any diet, even if yeah. you're already on paleo, yeah. to, to learn all the things of gaps, that you're better off doing full gaps for a period because yeah. you are feeling doing full gaps and adding in these these cultured foods. Mm-hmm. But you're giving yourself practice time. Yeah, and I found that really helpful. I tell everybody that now because yeah. I, I remember it was kind of like, we need to do gaps. I'm starting tomorrow. 
Yeah. And then after about three days, it was like, uh, okay, this is a bit harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, we did the full gaps for a while and then went on to intro. Yeah, exactly. So you learn. And then um, when we did intro, we just did it in order. So we just went to the broths and the vegetables to start with. And then, then we added in the, um, the sauerkraut juices and, and then the sauerkraut vegetables and everything in the order that she says to do it all. So. So we stopped it while we did the intro. Yeah. And, and um, just while we did stage one, we stopped all the cultured foods and then started them up again. Because we haven't really added in kefir and kombucha because every time I've had it, it seems so sweet and I'm just thinking, is this really, I'm not sure if we're ready for this, you know. Yeah. So I haven't, I mean, now and then I've had a little bit, but I haven't started making it or anything and I've kind of just left it. So, yeah, I had someone ask me the other day if they if I thought when you make the kombucha, if it eats the, enough of the sugars that you don't need to worry. So what do you think about that? Well, the reason why we make sauerkrauts and sell sauerkrauts nationally is because, and wild fermented sauerkrauts too, mm-hmm. is because that is what I believe is best for me and is best for anybody doing these diets. Mm-hmm. Um, the kombuchas and the kefirs um, affect me still. Yeah. Um, I can feel it instantly, um, the histamine intolerance of it. That's what I was wondering because I, I really struggle with histamines. Yep. Everybody who does this diet. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. The histamines, pretty much everybody. You talk to them, they'll do it and they'll wonder why they're not feeling better and they'll be cranky and they won't be sleeping, their blood pressure will be low and mm. uh, they'll be having all these symptoms that they didn't have before and everybody tells them, it's die off, just push through it. Yep. And I tell them it's probably histamine. Um, so that's why we do wild fermented sauerkrauts because okay. wild fermented sauerkrauts have bacteria in them naturally that are ones that don't produce histamine and they help you break down histamine. Ah, so the cultures that are in some yogurts and in kefirs and in kombucha create histamine. Wow, okay. So it's very important to understand if you have a histamine intolerance and decide what to do. And that's why Dr. Natasha recommends Wild fermented sauerkrauts. Yeah. yeah. So what's so? Can you explain how a wild fermented sauerkraut is made compared to other sauerkraut? Sure. Um, you you just take cabbage and you use cabbage and salt and you make sauerkraut the way people have been doing it for centuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. You rely on the bacteria that's on the raw vegetables. Yeah. And, and you let them have time to multiply and to nut out which species are supposed to be in there. Yeah. So some species that um, create a lot of gas and bloating mm-hmm. dry off after a period if you let them fight the fight they're supposed to in the vessel before you eat it. Yeah. Um, whereas people who use satacultures and try to speed up the process, mm-hmm. um, they're not necessarily giving you what Mother Nature intended. They're giving you a combination of bacteria that somebody decided in a lab was good. Okay. So, so me, the little packets of powdered dust. cultures, is that what you're talking about? Yes, yes, they're doing that. They're doing that to put a, a good number of the bacteria that um, will survive a naturally fermented sauerkraut in there mm-hmm. to start with to try to fast-track the process. Yeah. But they're messing with the, the natural stages of a sauerkraut ferment and what it's supposed to do. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. The phases of it. So, I mean, and also the way that those statocultures grown and the food that's in the statocultures mm-hmm. might not necessarily necessarily be something that um, an organisation like ACO would approve of, Australian Certified Organic. Yep. So in statocultures there's normally a cellulose or some sort of a sugar. Okay. 
uh, that is derived with the processing aid. So yeah. for me, I just go back to Mother Nature. Yeah, uh, simplest but, is best. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's a much better idea. And how long does your sauerkraut actually sit at room temperature? Like That and- depends on the season. Yeah. Um, so we leave ours basically until it's fully fermented. Well, I do notice up here on the, you know, where we live in far north Queensland, um, you can make like fermented salsa in, in a day or in, in summer in a day, it seems to be ready. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a very different um, product compared to sauerkraut. So it that's does, true. It's very quick. So you have short, short ferment products and you have long ferment products. Yeah. So yeah. once yours are in the fridge, anyone on GAPS can go ahead and have them. They're ready. Yep. Okay. Yep. That's basically yep. what I wanted to know. Do, the, do you need to keep them in the fridge for a certain time first or they're done you don't, you, we keep ours in the fridge and we um, we only um, sell ours via retail stores. We don't sell them online. Yeah. Um, and we tell all our stockers if they do post them, they need to go with ICE and only via Express Courier yep. in an ASCII. Mm-hmm. Um, so because um, the bacteria that's in there needs to stay at a nice temperature so it doesn't die. So um, sometimes people will post these things in the post and just um, – put some ice in it, but the ice melts within 24 hours and mm. the sauerkraut gets hot and then it's in the back of a truck at 40 degrees. Yeah. And then a doorstep in daylight. And then, yes, the sauerkraut's still edible and it's fine and it hasn't come out of the jar because ours won't come out of the jar if you leave it at room temperature because mm-hmm. uh, ours is not explosive. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, but, the sour, but it might be dead. So that's why we don't post ours at all. Ours that's are that's to interesting show. to know because I've heard people say about travelling overseas and stuff like that, you can take some in a jar and it'll be fine and you can eat it on the plane. And But yeah, really yeah. it needs to be kept cold. No, you can keep it on the plane with you. As don't, well, let, don't let it be in the back of a, a truck. Yeah, where, um, but keep it in an esky with an ice brick. Um, no, you don't have to. No? Not with ours, no. Okay. So because it's it's just a raw living product, you can keep it on your you can keep it on your shelf and or just leave it on your dining table and mm-hmm. feed and eat from it for the next two to three weeks. Oh, have okay. You get through the jar, but just not the heats that are on in trucks and cars. Yes, exactly. You don't okay. want it to get above forty five degrees. Right. Oh, that's like, good. It starts to die after forty five degrees. Okay. So the reason we keep the sauerkraut in the fridge after it's done is to prolong its shelf life to one year. Okay. If, if you just kept it on the bench and ate it off the bench, it would only be nice and crunchy for probably six months. That's still pretty good. It that's, is good. That's it really is. good to know because I wondered how long they lasted for. And how would you know in a rare case that one went bad, how would you know it would really stink? Yeah, it would stink and you would see some, like if you didn't use a clean fork or someone ate straight yeah. out of it, you'd see some mould or something growing on top of it. Yeah. So as long as it still looks the same and smells the same as the day you opened it, it's fine. Okay. It's pretty rare that one will go yucky, yeah. Yeah. And I forgot yeah. to ask you at the start, <clears throat> did you want to explain for those who may not understand exactly um, why it is that lacto-fermentation is good for the gut? Do you want to explain about that? Yes, of course. That's a very good point. <laughs> should have said that at the start. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so um, one of the reasons my health declined was um, because I don't have an appendix. Your appendix oh. is your backup for your biome. Mm. So whenever you have, um, whenever you get wiped out with food poisoning or something, your appendix comes in and helps you your biome get restored. Okay. Uh, so I had um, two two sets of antibiotics 
IV earlier, but that's when I had my both children. Mm-hmm. And after that, my health pretty quickly declined. Um, yeah. So I hit rock bottom when my youngest was one. That's when I started fainting and everything. Yeah. And my biome was just so poor. Like I'd, I'd um, never had probiotics. Nobody had talked to me. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't know how I did it now. I must have lived under a rock, but I just didn't <laughs> take antibiotics and I did lead what I thought was a healthy life. We ate vegetables and we ate well and we ate the food pyramid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never took antibiotics until I had my kids and, and I had to. Um, so, and that really um, upset my biome, obviously, which caused all these other issues to start happening. Yeah. So the lacto-fermented foods, fermented foods in general and cultured foods are great for you because they help you restore all the damage that is done to our gut. Yeah. And the damage yeah. is done to our gut to everybody now, whether you realise it or not, whether you take antibiotics or not, if you're not eating certified organic product and if you're drinking tap water, you're taking antibiotics in the tap water because it's in our water streams and it's in our meat because our animals are pumped full of it. Um, It's just everywhere. So the only way you can avoid dosing yourself with antibiotics is to eat certified organic food only, which not everybody can afford to. I I, I can afford to do that myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And... um, to, and to drink only spring water or um, filtered water as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that's why everybody is. That's why I believe we're having such um, such a health crisis. Yeah. And that's why um, my children have health issues because I had the IV antibiotics during birth. So they basically had a sterile birth. Yeah. So um, did I. So, yeah. So. Uh, sorry, I no, I'm wrong. I had some just before with one, but with the others I had retained placenta and I was pumped full of antibiotics while I was breastfeeding. I don't know if that that was probably partly the issue. Yeah, definitely. And so with the with the first one, because you had the antibiotics just before, mm. even though during birth, your biome wouldn't have recovered. No, definitely time. not. So And so now being um, a GAPS mama like me, you know mm. how when you read the GAPS book and you realise all these things, the penny yeah. drops, you realise, okay, so that's what happened to me and that's what happened to my children. So yeah. we all get compromised immune systems because um, because our biome is, has been interfered with mm. um, and because and that's not just for the antibiotics, it's the preservatives as well. Preservatives in our food kill bacteria. They stop bread from going mouldy. Yeah. They stop food from breaking down. They kill bacteria on the food and they kill bacteria in your gut. Yeah. So it's about... Um, it's about all these things that um, cause our biome to be compromised, mm. um, and then because your body is dealing with your with all these, so then your body, your biome's compromised. You get an overgrowth of the pathogens, the candida, mm-hmm. and these things actually tear. They have claws. The candida has claws that it, it rips holes in your guts and gives yeah. you a leaky gut. Yeah. And so then when you eat food that you used to be able to eat. It starts. It goes through to your bloodstream, and then your immune system attacks it. So your immune system starts attacking everything. Yeah. Um, and it, that's autoimmune disease. So for some people, when that happens, it'll attack their thyroids, and then for other people, it'll attack different issues, mm. and that's how the autoimmune starts. So the key to to working holistically to help your autoimmune disease is to eat a diet that is um, in foods that aren't going to irritate you as much, that are going to allow your gut to heal yeah. and, and not actually cause damage to the lining, um, and then also to have the fermented foods to help repopulate your biome to, to fight the candida. So it's not just about you can't just go on a candida diet and starve mm. bacteria and expect it to go away. That's right. It's um, not healing. 
yeah, you need to pop, repopulate. So that's why um, GATS is such a, a, a powerful addition to paleo or any diet. Mm. A really powerful addition. Then some people um, who have histamine issues will have trouble and they'll think they can't tolerate fermented foods because yeah. they'll try a sauerkraut that has a culture starter in it. Or, uh-huh. you know, people make kefir kraut and people are just confusing what sauerkraut is supposed to be. Yes. Sauerkraut is supposed to be cabbage and salt it's, and that's something that you're supposed to have. And it's I think it's really good to diversify mm. the food that you have and, and that way you can see which one works for you, but you're also giving your body a really broad spectrum of antibiotics Um, and that's really important. They say when everybody only learned about um, the probiotic capsules and powders, you know, they would advise you to take different powders, don't just stay on the same one. Uh It's it's the same for cultured foods as well. Right. Try different things um, and um, see what works for you. And do you you take probiotics as well as having all your fermented veggies or...? No, I don't. Don't worry about that now, just when you were healing? Just at first, before yeah. I started GAPS. After I started GAPS, I stopped the um, probiotic foods. Yeah. Um, and I find that I work I work really well with my histamines with the sauerkrauts. I eat sauerkraut three times a day. Okay. And my histamine and my symptoms are fine. Yeah. When I start to have um, kombuchas or kefirs, I can feel that I can just feel my blood pressure drop pretty yeah. much after one drink. Yeah, I think that that's the same with me because I find that for some reason sugars really affect my histamines and I don't know why that is. There must be a reason. Somebody will be able to explain it to me. But um, sauerkraut doesn't seem to bother me, but if I have very much sugars, that's when I... How are you having your sugars though, Joe? or is it always with chocolate? It's generally like honey or um, dates, which... I think you said something about dates yep. before. They're both high in chemicals, so they're yeah. both high in yeah. Now and then I have had some a little bit of coconut sugar in the last couple of months and that's like in chocolate or something and that seems yep. to really bother me. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. chocolate is very high in histamine. Yeah. Especially dark chocolate as well. So yeah. try um, try just having a whole food sugar form, like fruit. How does fruit affect you? Um, I think I'm okay with fruit. I don't have heaps and heaps of fruit. Like I keep it pretty low, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's more. I think it's more if I have chocolate. Yeah, chocolate, which is fine. very sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I still have it too, but you just have to be in moderation. And yeah, and, gonna... and it's funny because I'll only have two little squares, and then that'll be it. And then the next day, I'm sneezing like crazy. Yeah, yeah. So I just basically follow a rule that I generally will have. Um, I love dark dark mm, chocolate, chocolate all the time. So. If I've had raw chocolate, I just don't have a kefir that day yeah. or a kombucha or anything. I don't really drink kombucha that much, but I love my coconut kefirs. Um, but I generally will save them for when I want to feel lightheaded. So yeah. Friday <laughs> afternoon, I'll be happy to have a, a kefir. You'll find a Friday afternoon drink. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah but mixing that with chocolate, you'll know that you'll, you'll feel it a yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. And I think that's what it is, is when you – you get to a um, like my friend Leah says you've got that bucket analogy where you yeah. can put so much in your bucket but once you get to the top you have yeah. it. <laughs> so you've got, you've got to know where the top of the bucket is. That's it, and I'm and still working that out. Really, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Getting to know how your body reacts to things, and that's what I've found with gaps is that that I find so fascinating is there's so much to learn about your own body that you think, wow, I should have known this by now, and I just didn't. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You it's totally you learn all the way all along the way and 
just recently I um, saw a chiropractor and I just I couldn't. She cured my vertigo. Actually, wow. that was That's one thing that I never got rid of yep. through all this. And it was just, um, yeah, she cured my vertigo. So it was all to do with my cranials and, and my yep. ears and the pressure in my ears. And so she just did some neuro impulse work on me mm-hmm. and um, gone. Oh, oh. thank. You. Wow, and that must be relieving. <laughs> and the reason I started seeing her was because she came to me because her son had diabetes and she's um, treating him with gouts because yep. um, her friend Cindy O'Mara put her on, onto um, mm-hmm. gouts. Yay, yeah. Cindy. <laughs> and so, and I just could not believe that I got this far and talking to everybody and nobody said to me, and it's not in the gaps book, chiropractic care is not in the gaps book. But No, we did it straight yeah. from the start because we had, well, uh, my friend Brett Hill, he said, you got to get him, get my son on to chiropractic care. We had done it for years back when the kids were little and we'd sort of, you know how you get slack with things and you think you're okay? And um, I think it's really made a difference. Yeah, definitely. Um, my son's, we had, my son was diagnosed with vagus nerve issues and so she's fixed that as well because oh, so he had one and was out and he had cranials. So, yeah, you correct that and that corrects, that takes pressure off the vagus nerve. So, it's, it's so critical for GAPS families to um, get a chiropractic care as well along the way. Yeah. Um, so that was, yeah, great. It's just good how everything works together, doesn't it? And you've got to just keep, yeah, you know, finding what, what's the next step now. Yeah, keep learning and keep listening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. We should probably stop because it's um, we've gone a little bit over time, but um, that was so interesting and I'm really looking forward to tasting a few more of your delightful treats <laughs> i call <laughs> sauerkraut treats i just oh, love yes. it my kids yeah. my two older kids absolutely love it they'll pile it on their plates the younger two i still have to work a bit more with but we're getting there yeah yeah <laughs> maybe try them with, with um the juices that's how i got mine yeah stuff. that's they no were other. okay with that and and yeah. having a little bit with their food that but it's kind of you know they want to stir it in <laughs> they're not up to the, just eat it off the fork yeah yeah, yeah no, they're getting no. there that's yeah, right. it takes time. Yeah. yeah. Well, well thank, thank you so much. And I'll put links um I'll put links on the wellness couch page for all of you who are listening so that you can go through and have a look at places to buy um these delicious fermented veggies and drinks. Oh no, not the drinks yet. Sometime. <laughs> um the cashew cheese, you've got to try that. I'm I want to try that pesto. Yeah. Pesto cheese. But yeah. um it'll be great to to, you know, I think a lot of people would really benefit from it because, like I said, when I started, it was it was a bit overwhelming to try and make my own, and I think a lot of people are in that same boat. Yeah, so. yeah. Same, I mean, same same for me when I did it as well. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot lot of pressure on you, a lot of new things, and oh, a lot yeah, of yeah, so many new things about what you've done and what you have to do, and um, yeah. And do you find people ask you questions on your Facebook page? That's all okay to ask you about gaps or what? You know, and you've got your intro diet photos in your album on there. Yeah, yeah. I th- I find we get um yeah I get questions everywhere, so that's mm-hmm. fine. And okay. Can contact me by the website form um, is the best place to contact me. Okay. Um, or via Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Um, and yeah, we can go from there. But I always just say if people are interested in gaps, I have a post called Gaps Frequently Asked Questions. Oh, so good. Look on the post; they'll find that. Oh, well, I'll if, link that at the yeah. bottom of the um, page here. Yeah, and if they look under um, the recipes, they can search by gaps as well or Good, by yep. uh, what allergies or whatever that they're looking for. Okay, great. Um, and then on the website, there's also under our food, there's a page of stockists. So there's oh, great. Um, Thank you. national stockists there as well, so that will help them out. Um, yeah, awesome. so 
Yes, that's really helpful. Thanks, Anna, and thank you for having me. It's been lovely to talk to you. It's been good to hear your story. Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, who's been listening in, and we hope you enjoyed it and found it encouraging and helpful. If you do have questions, feel free to post them on our Facebook pages, so Kehoe's Kitchen or or Quirky Cooking. Um, You can also post questions on the Wellness Couch website, uh, thewellnesscouch.com backslash a quirky journey and we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and also check out thewellnesscouch.com where you can view the entire range of wellness podcasts available so keep working on those small changes and we'll be back to share some more of our interesting journeys towards good health with you next week thanks for listening everyone bye bye Katrina bye Joe. bye everyone bye This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.